brief look at setting healthy family boundaries on this episode of the Psychology Hour, I'm joined by Dr. Morgan Bufano, a licensed psychologist at the Kennedy Krieger Institute in Baltimore, Maryland. Dr. Bufano provides mental health services at Kennedy Krieger and the Johns Hopkins Children's Center, where she focuses on child and family therapy, pediatric psychology, and treating children and adolescents with a variety of medical diagnoses. Morgan, thanks for being here, and I'm looking forward to our discussion. Thanks, Daniel. It's good to be here. And I just wanted to send a thank you out to all the families and a shout out to my families at Fort Meade. Wonderful. Right at the outset, Morgan, let's acknowledge that even though we'll be talking about setting family health, uh, setting healthy family boundaries here today, that word family, what it is exactly is, of course, different and that there's likely isn't a quote unquote normal family, which I think introduces some nuance to the conversation, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We could spend loads of time together talking about this, but I think a lot of what a family means and how we interact as a family has changed drastically. And something I find myself talking about with families more recently is, you know, you have the family of kind of origin, the people that that you were born into, so maybe caregivers, siblings, things like that. And then you have your family of choice, which could be friends, it could be um, YouTubers, it could be things that you choose to spend your time with. And I think trying to balance your foot in each of those worlds as a child and a caregiver has been really tricky as of lately. And trying to figure out a way to do that that's a positive and healthy um, way is, is a lot of my goal in my sessions right now. Well, let's take that and go with it then, Morgan. Keeping in mind what you've said about there being no normal family, let, let me go ahead and paint a scenario for you, which is let's say a family comes to you and makes clear that they're struggling to set some of the healthy boundaries that we're going to talk about here today. They're very busy. Sometimes they have conflicting schedules across members of the family, and this leaves everyone feeling well, let's just say exhausted, exasperated, and a whole bunch of other words that I'm sure you encounter on a regular basis in this type of situation. What are some basics of setting healthy family boundaries? Right. So I, so I love that you're already touching on there's multiple sides to, to when you work with families and trying to balance people's expectations and also where they're really at today. So when, when I meet with a family, it's, it's really saying, okay, where are we at today and how can we get oriented? You know, adjustment for families is not a new thing, but having to adjust to so many different things at one time is really difficult. And when we're not choosing to make that um, adjustment, but it's something that's kind of thrusted upon our lives, it can be even trickier. The first thing I often talk about is, you know, how do you get oriented? How do you set a new foundation knowing that what you previously knew changed? And so this might be something like your school environment has changed or your health has changed or the people living in your home have changed, how you interact with your friends have changed and, and how to balance that when you have multiple people that you need to account for. And so previously, I would have maybe done an individual schedule with just a child and say, okay, how do we get you from lacrosse practice to school to home and make sure that you're also, you know, doing the things you need to. And now it's like, okay, how do we get the whole family from, you know, sunrise to sunset and setting a little bit of anchors in your day and trying to just kind of keep it simple in the beginning. I've heard you reference things like setting a routine, maintaining schedules, 
introducing some reasonable goals day to day to help accommodate and set some of these boundaries. And I know that at Kennedy Krieger, you and your colleagues do a lot of work specifically with families to, to set those boundaries. Tell us a little more about what you're doing at Kennedy Krieger. Sure. Um, and so we've had to kind of adjust some things and account to say, okay, how are we doing things and how can we make sure they're working for everybody? Um, and what we found is when we did some focus groups initially with families that the tried and true I'm housed in behavioral psychology. And so behavioral principles are definitely what govern what we do. You know, how can we have these evidence-based actionable items? And so meeting with the caregiver, with the family and saying, what is the one goal or what is a goal for everybody? And it might just be, hey, how can I get up and get out of bed? Or how can I make it to my family walk? How can we get the jobs that we need done? You're on a journey together as a family it's going to be hard and it's going to be amazing and we try and find ways to grow together instead of grow apart and so reminding that as caregivers are shifting roles you know they might be on a conference call and then they might be teaching third grade math and then they might go back and they might be calling you know a grandparent you know they're changing the coded language that they use across those settings and making sure that it kind of works for kids, we want to make sure that it makes sense to them and it gives them exactly what we expect them to do and breaking it down into simple things. And so that way they do one step at a time. It's really easy to kind of make these lofty goals and then say, oh, you know, how did we get so far off course? Well, it's because we didn't check our map along the way. So how can we just have those small goals? And sometimes you might orient it to a schedule, right? We might have you know, short sessions, or we might have events. You know, I get up, I eat my breakfast, I log on to my school, I eat my lunch, I take the dog out, and then I come home and, you know, play. How can we kind of set it up so that everybody can expect it? When we're trying to constantly readjust, reorient, when we don't have that structure, we have to come up with a new plan every day, and that's really exhausting. So how can we just have one simple plan that we can just make a little flexible, just adjust to the waves of the daily life that change? A common misconception that can happen when families are trying to introduce a schedule or to make some type of change to make sure everybody in the family is on the same page is that change can happen relatively quickly. You know, it can be like poof, and then all of a sudden we've decided we're going to make this change and then here we are, we've made it and we're done. But the reality of that, and I know you know this, it's so much more, more complex than that, isn't it? It is. And, and this is where it takes a lot of work ahead of time to set somebody up to make healthy choices. So if I could just pick one behavior, maybe I'll start with just sitting down for breakfast. If I have, you know, Cheetos and hot dogs and pancakes and oatmeal, man, that's a really hard choice if I really want that child to eat oatmeal. But if I say, hey, here's a banana and here's some oatmeal, both of those choices are really healthy. And it's really clear to them, okay, these are my options and I can pick one. Now you might have a difficult child that says, I'm not gonna eat any of those. And then we have to go to the next plan, but we wanna make it really easy to invite kids to have healthy choices. And a lot of this is just using simple one-step um, instructions. And it's kind of like, show me what you do. Put your listening ears on as opposed to stop talking, right? Let's tell the kids what, what we want to see. And it's also as, you know, a caregiver and somebody who's 
<laughs> with children a lot, you know, being around a child is really humbling. They'll let you know right away that they're not interested in what you're talking about or they're not motivated to do it and figuring out, you know, how can we have a shared goal rather than competing to do who, who's going to win when I'm competing with a child, you know, I'm never going to win because they have all of their energy, but my time is finite and my energy is finite and we have something that we need to get done. And so it's like, okay, how can we work together? If you want to show me. So I think yesterday I had a, <clears throat> a child and you know, rapport has been a really important thing and getting him to like hear and also be okay with what I'm saying is, is a constant journey, but having our introduction happen where he can show me his skyblocks island that he made, or he can explain the rules of roadblocks or undertale, man, now it's, now it's something that I can reference. I can use his language and I can kind of step into his world and say, okay, listen, bud, you know, we both need to treat each other with respect. You know, when you do this in a game, it looks like this. When we do it in real life, it looks like this. You know, did we level up or did we not? And so having that child-friendly kind of language that, that lets them know what you're going to do. I think I often, you know, during times of high stress or limited coping and support, I have to get really creative with how I reinforce or reward kids. And I know a lot of people might hear that and be like, well, I don't want to reinforce them for what they should be doing. And I, and I kind of reflect on myself, like, but it's not what's happening, right? I should be getting up and going to the gym every day. I should be, you know, taking my multivitamins, but you know, there are some days I skip those things. There are some times where it's harder. And so how can I build it in my schedule or my expectation that that just naturally happens, you know? And so for physical activity, let's pair it with something they like. If they really like their dogs, then let's do a family walk with the dogs. If they really like music, then let's get up and have a one song dance party. We'll interrupt kind of what's going on. We'll get our physical wiggles out and then we'll get back to what we need to. So kind of going back and forth between the breaks you need and the structure that helps get you from one goal to the next goal. All of this, I'm, as I'm listening, to you share, I'm thinking all of this takes a lot of work and it introduces the idea of self-care, which is a phrase psychologists use somewhat frequently. Talk to me a little bit about what that means. Oh man, self-care. This is a word we use a lot. And I think, you know, self-care can sometimes mean many things to many people. And it's important that you find what self-care is for you. Self-care could be having time off the clock, Self-care could be allowing yourself to do one thing at a time. If I'm going to sit down and drink my coffee, I'm just going to drink my coffee. If I'm going to talk to my child, I'm just going to talk to my child. But allowing yourself to just experience the moment to moment and not be so distracted is kind of what I often try and find things to do. And so one is you need to kind of set up the boundaries for your life and I think setting it up with your time, but also the space that you're in. So if you wanna do work, be in a work environment, be at a table, only have the things you need. If you wanna be off the clock and outside of work, then don't be on the email, you know? We have to kind of balance the worlds that we're forced to step in and out of. I also think that sometimes self-care can be, you know, a little bit of a coded word where it feels like, oh, that should be a day at the spa, or that should be, you know, a piece of cake or something. But self-care is also things like flossing. And so behaviorally, 
you know, we'll talk about doing mindful breaths or we'll talk about um, being aware of your thoughts. And it's really just that internal environment that you have going on. If you find the pressure starting to build, oh, that's a good time that says, okay, I need to get some of this energy out. Let me take a break. And we need to give our body breaks and we need to give our mind breaks. And for me, you know, I use podcasts, I use music, but then I also need to do other things to just kind of interrupt what I'm going on. That's really fantastic work, Morgan, and, and your earlier input about when possible, building out those routines, setting schedules, and carving out some reasonable concrete goals to make sure that you're being patient with yourself and your family members. Are, these are just some of the really foundational building blocks for setting maintaining and, and creating the healthy family boundaries that you've been talking about today. I really like that you kind of reference something too of being kind and compassionate to yourself. This is something that you don't need money, you don't need time, you just need a little bit of effort. And it's really hard to orient yourself to kind of be kind to yourself and others. But having a little way to say, hey, I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. You know, I feel like I have this weight where I have to do all of these things today. How can I kind of say, okay, this is what Daniel today is gonna do. And this is what Daniel tomorrow is gonna do. I think the prompt that, and this is a classic one, but I use it all the time, right? If you wouldn't say it to your friend or your child or your grandparent, why are you saying it to yourself? Sometimes we can be the biggest bullies. And so making sure that you know, although you might have really good, valid critiques that help you one day, is it something that you have to handle right now? Or could you give yourself a break for the moment and then pick it back up tomorrow? Another great point you made, Morgan, in addition to that is, is about seeking care. And I want to em emphasize that seeking support in, in these areas from a qualified, licensed mental health care professional, like a health service psychologist, is really a good step to start building the healthy family boundaries that we've been discussing here today. When it comes to setting healthy family boundaries, Morgan, there are a lot of resources that folks could turn to. In your perspective, what are some good ones? So um, we started at Kennedy Krieger Institute, we started a task force focused on building this for the community. And there's a webinar series that talks about in greater detail some of the um, healthy habits we've talked about. Something often I reference is the National Child Traumatic Stress Network, the American Psychological Society, and the, the Academy of Pediatrics. So those are some good professional organizations that provide handouts, tip sheets, and ongoing care. So at, at this point, we will need to wrap up our conversation, but I want to thank my guest, Dr. Morgan Bufano for joining me, Daniel Elkert, on this episode of the Psychology Hour, brought to you by the National Register of Health Service Psychologists. And a reminder that this and all episodes of the Psychology Hour are intended for general information and discussion purposes only, and don't provide formal mental health service or advice. For such care, please consult a qualified licensed mental health care professional, like a healthcare psychologist that is listed on findapsychologist.org. And finally, although this episode focused on setting healthy family boundaries, Sometimes members of a family can become abusive. If you're concerned about abuse occurring in your family or if you're feeling unsafe, help is available. For instance, the National Domestic Violence Hotline available at 1-800-799-7233 or at thehotline.org is free, confidential, and available 24 hours a day.